I would, uh, I would ask how everybody's doing, um, but I probably know the answer. Um, it's kind of how I'm doing. Um, and um, just like I didn't have anything to say on Shabbos, even though I tried, um, I still don't have anything to say really about what happened. I just, it's too, um, it's too much, actually. Um, I don't know how healthy it is, to be honest. I've been thinking about that for myself a little bit the last couple of days. Um, like I, almost, I almost can't talk about it, uh, which is not my, my usual nature. It's not that you guys know me. It's not my usual, like I'm not really, I'm a pretty talkative person. Um, and like I can't, I can't really talk about it so much. And I can't really, um, I don't know, I can't like listen to things. I don't know, I'm like having, a, I can't really do it. Um, but, um, so maybe, maybe we'll learn. We'll learn something. Uh, well, our learning should be a Yilu Neshama. For those who lost their lives, it should be as a Chutzur for Shlema. For those who need it. And, uh, and maybe a little bit, I think also, what we're going to talk about today, I, I think also is a reflection on maybe some thoughts, some ideas, some things we should, we could be thinking about. Um, I'm not telling anybody what to think or what to feel right now. Um, but what, um, something, it's something to, to start with. Um, we're going to talk about um, Shemitah. We'll see if you have a chance to connect. Yom Yishalayim is next Monday. Um, maybe we'll connect a little bit that way also. Um, what do you think about? What do you think of Shemitah? What like what what values? What midos? What what are, like some of the learning pieces, lessons associated with Shemitah? What would you say? Any thoughts? I mean, it's uh seems almost like an ultimate expression of. Emuna or Pitachon that Hashem provides. It's like taking your hands off the wheel and saying, "Okay, Hashem, it's got to come from you somewhere." You got it, right? Self-driving car. Yeah. Right. All right. There's certainly an element of Emuna uh, of Pitachon of trust in Hashem. Um, yeah, that's certainly an element. Um, and there's some other pieces to it also, which I actually found interesting. We'll see as we go through. Um, maybe we wouldn't have thought um, that are relevant when it comes to when it comes to Shemitah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a Peanuts cartoon. I couldn't find the actual cartoon, but there's a Peanuts cartoon. And, uh, uh, you know, if you guys know Peanuts, right? Lucy, Linus is watching TV and Lucy walks in and she, she demands that Linus change the channel. And she's, and she's like this, she's holding her fist up. And uh, Linus says, what makes you think you can walk here and just take over and tell me what to do, you know? And she says, these five fingers, she says, individually they're nothing. But when they come together like this into a single unit, they're a weapon that's terrible to behold. So he goes, okay, what channel do you want? And then he turns away and he looks at his hand and he goes, why can't you guys do that? Right, like a sense of a unifying force. Um... I tell you that as an introduction to to Shemitah because we're going to see that Shemitah is maybe not only a uh, a force for Bitachon, for Emunah but it also has a power, some Rishonim explain an element of, un- of unity which comes out of Shemitah also let's take a look for a second let's take a look at source number one is the Psukim in Parshas Bahar which we're going to 
read this week. So, staying in Harsinai, and, uh, and uh, Hashem says, Moshe, you can get to Eretz Yisrael, and what's going to happen? The, the land is going to take a Shabbos. The land is going to take a break. And when you have that Shabbos, it actually provides for people, right? For you, for your Evid, for your Amma, for the people who are, who are uh, renting your land. It doesn't matter, whoever it is, everybody's got to participate in this Shemitah. And so what's going to happen is that the, the land really becomes Hefka, right? During the, the Nishnasa Shemitah, what, what's supposed to happen is that nothing belongs to anybody. Everybody can take from anyone. So in a certain sense, it's very nice. On the other hand, it makes it very difficult because no one really owns anything. So it becomes a whole, there's a whole discussion in the halacha. How does a person, how much can you collect? It's not really yours. How much can you bring into your house? Where can you take it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's another element to it also. I didn't bring the psukim here. But that is that there's also a promise. It's one of the only times in the Torah that Hashem promises a nace. Promises a nace. And what's the nace? That he promises that if you keep Shemitah, what's going to happen? That you're going to, for six years, you're going to, you're going to uh, take care of the field. But remember, now, if you don't work the field in, land, in, in, in year seven, so there's not going to be any food in year eight either, right? So the, the land is Hefker year seven, but then year eight, you're not going to have anything either. Because you didn't work the land. So I mean, some things will grow on their own, but, but a lot of things won't. So Hashem promises, and it's in, a, it's in the Psukim, that if you keep Shemitah, there'll be enough food in year six to cover year six, seven, and eight. That's the promise. This is not a Medrash. It's not a, you know, it's not a Gemara. It's a, it's a Pasuk. Um, that that if, you, if, you, if you go ahead and you keep Shemitah, there will be enough food in year six to cover the, those three years in a row. Okay, which is a pretty bold promise. If you want people to argue, you know, like the like you know biblical criticism that uh, God didn't create the Torah, that God didn't write the Torah. So you know, a nice a nice argument back. There's a lot of arguments, but one nice argument back is what kind of rational human being would have would have made such a promise, right? That I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to I'm going to offer year six, seven, and eight. It's a it's a why, why would you promise that? Um, wouldn't really make any sense. But that's a separate point. Fine. Um, but that's two elements to think about when it comes to Shemitah. Number one, not allowed to work the field. Number two, there's gonna, it's a promise that there's going to be a, a miracle like that. So six, six will take care of six, seven, and eight. Fine. So take a look at the Kliyakar in source number two. He actually brings a number of explanations for what Shemitah is really all about. And he says, Rishavsa Aresh Shabbat Lashem, Betam Mitzvazu. Yesh Deos Chalukos. So Kliyakar is actually very cool because Kliyakar was written in the 1500s. He's like, Basically, like the end of the Rishonim, but he writes like a like a modern, like it's very it's a, the, the language of the Kliyakar. You almost feel like you're listening to someone like a modern Hebrew almost. And he says, "What? There's different explanations." Some say, "What's the reason to uh, to uh, give the land a break? Because if you give the land a break, what's going to happen? It'll grow better." There's a word for that in English. I don't know what's called crop share. Uh, Crop, crops, something. You know what I'm talking about? There's rotation. Crop rotation. They like have that, right, they'd be this one empty or they, they 
plant different things in different years? It's crop rotation, but they also lay some fallow. Right. They also like lay they some fallow. Four plots, they would leave one. Exactly, and you would rotate right. and always That's leave great. certain fields fallow. By leaving it fallow, it regenerates and it's able to uh, then create, um, you know, to, to grow better afterwards. So, but just by the way, it's a fascinating concept. If that's what the soil does, it needs a break to regenerate, to be able to give, right? So if we feel sometimes that we need to take a break so that we can give to our children, to give to other people, we're not alone. It's actually the nature of the earth is that it does the same thing. It needs to take a little break. It needs to regenerate itself, and then it can give off to others. Fine. But anyways... That's how, so some say, what's, what is Shemitah? Shemitah is the same thing. Kodesh Baruch is giving us good advice. It's good, sound, economic advice. If you want your land to produce, you have to make sure to, you can't be greedy. You have to give it a break every once in a while. You can't run it down. Because if you run it down, it's going to get burnt out. It's going to get burnt out. It won't be able to produce anymore. So the Torah is just telling us good advice. If you want to be smart about how to use your land, do a little, uh, don't do crop rotation, but just give the land a break for a year and it'll do better than next year. Um, the Rambam, the forever the rationalist, the Rambam, Rambam says it makes a lot of sense. It's a very uh, reasonable explanation for such a mitzvah. Fine. But many people, they don't agree with him. They don't agree with him. They say, if that was what Hashem really had in mind, that the land shouldn't get so weak, right? Uh, What's the, the, the uh, punishment for not keeping Shemitah? Is that we get sent in the Gaulus. We don't appreciate the land. We don't keep, keep the mitzvah of Shemitah. So we're sent in the Gaulus. So that shouldn't be the punishment. What should be the punishment? Right? So ra- rather, right? Right? The, the punishment should be the land's not going to, won't produce. If you don't keep Shemitah, sorry, you did it to yourself. And it's just going to ruin, uh, ruin the land and it won't work. If that's the whole svara, that's the whole rationale behind the mitzvah shemitah. So really, that doesn't really make any sense because then the punishment shouldn't be gullus. The punishment should be the land doesn't work. Shabbat Lashem. Also, it's called it's called Shabbat Haaretz. Shabbat Lashem. Right? It should be a Shabbos for Hashem. It's not for Hashem. It's for yourself. It's 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 if it's just good advice, then it's uh, then it's good for you. So what are you doing for Hakadosh Baruch You're doing it. It's selfish. Okay. By the way, Hashem can tell us to do things that are good for us. And that's also, you could make the opposite argument at the same time. Like, a lot of things that Baruch Hu told us to do that end up being good for us, right? Um, but nevertheless, it's, good, it's a fair point. If that's what Shemitah is really all about, it's not really Shabbat Lashem. In the end, day, it really becomes a positive thing for us. Fine. So, that, so he's telling us the answer to, to tear it down. But that is one shot, right? That is one shot. That one shot is that the purpose of Shemitah is in order to uh, give the land a break. It's good economic advice. That's the, that's the approach of the rabbi. Fine. However, there are others who give other explanations also. The Akeda writes, looking uh, in paragraph two here, the Akeda, he's referring to the Akeda Yitzchak, of Yitzchak Arama, writes, Nasan tam acher, ve'amar shatachlitz mitzvah zu lazecher chidesh ha'olam, v'lizkor yamos olam, v'sof yamechadol. The reason that we have Shemitah is in order to Remember that Kadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Why, why would that be something that we do for Shemitah? Why is Shemitah the way of remembering that Kadosh Baruch Hu created the earth? Why would Shemitah be a good way of doing that? What would you say? 
Bueller, anyone? What? Nobody wants to talk today. No one wants to talk today. That's fair. I hear you. Okay, that's fair. It's like, it's the same, it's that idea. You stop working and you give it back to Hashem almost and like let him do it. Right. Like the same way that we don't, it's like Shabbos. And there's a lot of connections between Shabbos oh, and yeah. Shemitah, right? right. So that's actually called, we're going to see Ruf Cook call his, it's, it's, I mean, it's not just Ruf Cook, it's the Pasuk. It's called right. Shabbat Haaretz. Right. <laughs> the word he used for Shemitah is Shabbos. It's called a Shabbos. So what is Shabbos? Shabbos is a time when we stop and we recognize the Yibam created the world. Right. We don't create because the Kaddish Baruch is the creator. So the kids, kids think like, oh, Hashem took a break, so we take a break. Right? That's not the Pshat. The Pshat is that Hashem created the world, right? And he is the ultimate creator, so we cease creative activities to remind ourselves that the only real creator is the Kaddish Baruch But it's a very good parallel, right? That, that Shemit does the same thing. Kaddish Baruch provides sustenance through the land. We think... I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm really sophisticated in my farming techniques. Look at Eretz Yisrael. I actually have a, I have a step cousin who is a, who is a, he's my first step cousin once removed. We're really closely related. Uh, really closely related. Um, he's an amazing guy. Uh, and he, he's, like a, he's like, a, like a crazy innovator in the Golan. In, uh, in how they grow watermelons and like all this stuff. He's an amazing guy. He takes, like, he'll take my, my parents when they go to Israel. They always go up with him to the, to the north and he takes them around to all these, you know, you know, they don't call them acres, but thousands of acres of, of land that, where they're producing things and using all kinds of fast, fascinating technology. And it's true. What's going on in Eretz Israel has been amazing. And it looks like, right, look what we can do. So what do we do? Even more now maybe than ever before. We take a break. And we say, sorry, actually, I recognize that your bone shalom is the one who controls whether we have food or don't have food. In fact, I won't do anything. It's going to grow anyways, right? And we're going to have extra. That's my, my way of turning it over to the bone shalom. So in that sense, it's very much a parallel to Shabbos. Shabbos is in time. Shemitah is in, or I say Shabbos is in the week and Shemitah is in the years. Right? We do it once every seven days. Um, in days, and they do, and Shemitah is once every seven years, right? The, the number seven is not a, is not random, right? The, 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 the number seven there is very much, right? Once in the cycle of nature, which is seven, we stop. We do that once a week. We do it with the land once a year, once every seven years. Fine. Um, and he writes, V'chein of Maria Barbanel, and remember, Barbanel is the same approach. V'hosif o novach mishon, you add something else. He goes, I have a hard time understanding. This actually means it's far from my kidneys. But it means it's hard from my understanding. Clayot, our kidneys, right? But the source of our knowledge is. But the point is that it's hard for me to understand. He says, So he says it's a little hard for me to understand it because he said at the end of the day, if you know, Shabbos isn't doing it for us, so how is... How is uh, Shemitah going to really help either, right? If, if, I don't, if I'm not learning the lesson once a week, so how is learning it once a year going to, you know, once every seven years going to work? But okay. Nevertheless, that's, it. that's the approach of, that is the approach of, uh, of the Balakeda and the Barbanel. Fine. Um, fine. Power just went out in my house. What? Really? Yeah. It happened overnight, and now it just went out again. Oh, okay, no. fine. Okay. Anyway, I'm back. Okay, I'm glad I'm in the yeshiva and not in my house because the power probably went out. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so now he's going to give an infinite answer. Okay, they like the Yashiv Kamedik Dukim Baloshana Parsha. He goes to explain some of the uh, explanations here, some of the language of the Parsha. Oh, Merani, I'm going to give it an infinite answer, says the Kliyakar. What's my answer? Not that it's there to make the land grow better, not that it is as a remembrance of the Kadosh Baruch who created the world. Right, the reason for this mitzvah is to strengthen within Am Yisrael the sense of reliance on HaKadosh Baruch That Hashem is in charge. What's going to happen? People are going to come in to Yisrael and they're going to get worked in the physical world of the Kashar Kavir what's going to happen they're going to get great at what they did what they do there they're going to do really find a lot of success and until now right they're, they're eating man right? they don't have to be successful in their business they do whatever they don't do anything and Kosh Baruch Hu takes care of it they're going to show up and they're going to start working hard and they're going to forget about Kosh Baruch Hu I think that they took care of it themselves the olam came in hago noag, and the world just goes on its own. They'll think that the land belongs to me, and they're the owners, and there's no one else beside them. So what does do? Not what is normal for farmers. He asks us to do something which is totally abnormal. What people really do, apparently was true in the time of Kliyakar, is that within uh, three years, you'd have two years, within six years, you'd have two years on, one year off, etc., so that things don't get, so that the land works well. No, don't take a break. And you should have taken a break earlier. But don't. Don't take a break. Rather, is actually saying work the, the, the land harder than you should. Really, already within those first six years, you should have already taken a couple of breaks. Again, that's why they do crop rotations, to make sure that each area has enough. But he's saying, don't do any rotations. Go a, whole, a full six years, push as hard as you can for six years, and I promise you what's going to happen, you'll have even more than you thought. And specifically, after you've planted for six years, uh, if this is the sixth year, is the worst, right? The, the sixth year is you're already pushing too far. It's already too much. Right? You should have taken breaks beforehand. What's going to happen? Right? That's the Pasuk. That the sixth year, which should be the worst year, because you've now pushed it as farther than you were supposed to, should be its worst year. And instead, it's going to have triple what it's supposed to have. So it argues, so it argues the Kliyakar, again, it's interesting what's the difference, between, there's so much of a difference between this approach and the approach that it's in order to remember that Hashem created the world to see what the difference is between the two. But he wants to argue the goal of Shemitah is Bitachon. The goal of Shemitah is Kadosh Baruch created the world now. Hashem, Hashem takes care of the land, the land belongs to Him and that's me to tell a story about uh, two guys who came to Rav Chaim Salvechik. They came for they came for a din Torah, and one of them said they were arguing over a piece of land, and one of them said the land belongs to me. And one said the land belongs to him. Rechaim said, to him, "You know, let's go. I want to go to your. Let's go to the field, and I want, I want to see the field we're talking about." They said, "Okay." So they go out to the field, and uh, he's again. He asked them, 
you know, Ruven, tell me your, your argument, and Shimon, tell me your argument, and they each said, and he said, okay, now I'm going to listen to the field and ask the field what it, what it thinks. So he got down on his knees, Ruven Chaim He gets down on his, this is like the, one of the greatest of Yacham, like, in the last, I don't know, 700 years. He gets down on his knees, and he listens to the ground. And he says, he looks at them, and he says, I'll tell you what the ground told me. It said, this one says, I belong to him. And that one says, I belong to him. The truth is, in no time, they're both going to belong to me. Right? Because, you know, you think, you, you think you're such hot shots that, you, that you, know, you know what belongs to you. We don't really know what belongs to us at all. We have no idea. So, but this, th- these three answers, right? These are three answers, at least at this point, right? That the purpose of Shemitah is, it actually is agriculturally a good idea. Like, like those who argue that, uh, you know, kashrus or letting bas v'chalav is uh, healthy. It's good for us. Second shot, it's to remember that Kodesh Baruch creates the world. And the third, and, and, and the third, third shot, to remember that we, we rely on the Rebona Shalom. The Kodesh Baruch is the one who, 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 who takes care of our finances, and it's not us. What would you say, by the way, what's the, what would you say the difference is between that Hashem creates the world, right, that remember that, like, the remember the creation of the world, and as opposed to remembering that Hashem takes care of my finances. I haven't been talking to Hashem. What say, what's the difference between those two? What would you say? Is there a difference? He seems to think there's a difference. What would you oh, say? The third, the third one is an individual faith in God providing Parnassah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the second one is general recognition that God created the world. This didn't just come into being. You're saying one is one is a God as creator, and the second is a more personal bitachon. Like what meaning? The first one's more of like a theo- like theology in a certain sense. It's like a philosophy, understanding, reminding ourselves that Hashem created the world, as well as the second one, which is the last one, a bitachon, which is more like our personal belief in Him, our personal personal dependence on Him. Yeah, that's what I said. But then another thing I was thinking <laughs> is that the first one really represents God created the world, you know, 5,000 plus years ago. And then the second one is really um, God is continues to be present in our lives and like, you know, recreate things on a yearly basis. I'm a like to create the world and abandon And walk away. Still, right? Okay. I like that.
Remember, it's not you. It's, it's hard. It's, 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 a, it's actually a hard balance. Because if you just told us, like, just sit in a, in a monastery and, like, just wait and whatever, it, it's actually a much easier, in a certain sense, it's hard. But in a certain sense, it's easier. It's not as complicated, right? But this means that we have to actually get to work and do. And then we're supposed to also remember, actually, once you did everything, Hashem didn't do it. Hashem did it all for you. It's, it's complicated. It's not that, it's not that simple. It's, it's, a, it's actually a hard line to, to, to walk. Um, and, and, and it's, it's complicated, but, it, but yes, it's kind of a classic in so many other examples where we have that because, again, it's it, – because without it, you lose yourself, right? You, lo- you lose yourself in that um, – either in the hishtablis and all the work that you do and all the things that you're trying to accomplish and you just forget about him, right? And that's exactly the point. It's always those, bringing us back to the same reminders. Very good. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, I want to show you for a second something from Ruf Cook, which is really nice. Um, Rav Cook is very uh, kind of challenging to read because it's very philosophical and his language is not so easy. Uh, but I want to show you just a small piece from his introduction to his Sefer Shabbat Aretz. So just before we see it, just take a look in Rashi <clears throat> for a second. Rashi says here, Shabbat Aretz, Shabbat LaShem, L'Shem HaShem Kishem Shinamar B'Shabbat Reshit. Right, that it's like, again, that, sh- that the, the language Shabbos is the same language, right? That we have by Bracious, we have here also. It's similar to what the Kliyakar was pointing out, this idea of, of, of Shemitah being, you know, representative of creation. The Ibn Ezra says that the purpose, that, um, um, that sort of the purpose of this whole approach is Laman Yilmudu in order to learn. He writes, Kol HaShanah Gam Kein HaShabbos. And it's, there's a similarity between Shemitah and Shabbos. Shemitah and Shabbos have this connection to each other. So if Cook in the sefer that he wrote on Shemitah called Shabbat HaAretz. Um, so look in the second paragraph. He talks about this not just from the individual perspective, but also from a national, a national perspective. And so he writes like this. And this, look at this in the second paragraph. Um, right, by Shabbos Breshit it says that Shabbos is La Hashem. Kach Neymar Shabbos, Shabbos la Hashem. Skulas ha'aretz v'skulas ha'uma mat imos yachad. Right? So the, the destiny of the land and the destiny of the people come together. Right? They're united as one. Ukeshem sha'uma hi miyuchedes laharomimos ha'lokis b'mamakei chayeha. Just like the nation is unique in its grandness. Right? It's it's sort of like spiritual um, elevation, right? And the, the depth of the nation of Am Yisrael has this, this grandness to it. You see just the language of Kuk, even just in these like couple of sentences, right? Kach Eretz, Eretz Hashem. The land of Eretz Yisrael also is the land of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He machshira et ha'am ha'yoshev aleha benachalat olamim. It has an impact on the people. The people who live there, in a, it gives them not just a nachla, not just a, a, a section of land for while we're here in this world, but that the land actually impacts us and gives us our chilek, our nachla, our, our place forever. Which, by the way, connects a lot to, um, it's connected to, to Rus also, and what Boaz is doing when he takes, when he takes Rus as a, as a wife and he keeps the Naomi's land and her family, all of Yibum in that way is really related to keeping the land in the family. 
because somehow they felt this sense that by keeping the land in the family, your Nachala, not your land in Chutzlaretz, but your land in Eretz Yisrael, it was somehow, it connects you in a much deeper place, a much deeper spiritual place than just your land, like a place that you live. Right? Your land in Eretz Yisrael is like your spiritual connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Haba bibris uvishvua bibitacho netzach Yisrael. Right? Which is given to Am Yisrael in a promise. Right? That we will be netzach that we will last forever. We, are, we have nitzchis. We are, we are eternal. Ham yusar ala teva eloki hakavua bimatbeya eretz chemda niflazu. Because within the land, because the land is not just any land, it's, a, it's God's land. Right? There's within it this, this spiritual essence within the land itself. Again, which connects to the people themselves. Right? So the land and the people are connected. The land is eternal. The land has the essence of a Kadosh Baruch Hu in it, whatever that means exactly. And by us being in that land and working that land, so we connect to that eter- eternal nature of Eretz Yisrael. Nishmas ha'uma ve'aretz yachtav po'alos es yesod ha'aviyatan. And so the, the neshama of the nation of Am Yisrael and the land together continue that process. Tovos es tafkidan lahotzi ala po'al es arigas kdushasan bishnasa shabbaton. So when we, when we rest that, right, during that time, what are we doing? We're kind of fulfilling the, our destiny as a people and we're fulfilling the destiny of the land at the same time. I know this is kind of like you know, up there. But it's fascinating. The nation impacts the land with our, with our soul. Right? That, that it's, the, it's our, you know, what we are as a people comes out and there's an impact, a spiritual impact. And the, and the land works back towards us. So we impact the land and the land impacts us. So the, the, the point being that the process of Shemitah isn't just an individual person who decides to keep a halacha. And I could be living in Tinek, I could be living in Chicago, I could be living in, in, uh, you know, in remote. It's all the same thing. It's not all the same thing, right? It's, it's a... It's a it's a connection that takes place between the nation of Am Yisrael and the land of Eretz Yisrael when we work the land, as we're supposed to, and when we decide not to work the land, we are, our, our, our destiny, the land and the people combine, and they, and they sort of unite in a certain sense for the ultimate purpose of what Am Yisrael is supposed to, create, to, to do in the world, be in Orlagoyim, etc., that, that, that Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael together create this, this opportunity. And by the way, it, it's a... It's a, it's a concept that if we were sitting in the 1700s in Europe, it'd be much harder to understand how Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael has that opportunity. If we're all in Eretz Yisrael, how are we, how are we impacting the world? Right? We should be, if, we're around, if, we're all, if we live around the entire, the entire world, it's not Am Yisrael impacts the world. Right? But the answer is, that, but if we're all in Eretz Yisrael, how does that work? The answer is, the nation of Am Yisrael, the nation and the state of Israel, right, has that ability to impact the world, right? And it does. To the, and we, my point is that today we see it this very day. Um, there are those who hate us for it, but many who recognize what it is that that, that state of Israel brings, you know, what, what it is bringing to the, to the rest of the world. And that we as a nation and we as, and, 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 the, and the land together have the opportunity to bring that out. 
So if that's true, if that's true, then the connection to the land right, that takes place through Shemitah is unique and special. It's not just the Shabbos, right? And it's also not just an individualized experience. It's an experience that if it's something that the nation is impacting the land, the land is impacting the nation, it's something that we're doing together as a group. And what's fascinating is, what happens at the end of the entire Shemitah cycle? What's the last thing you do? Shemitah for seven times, right? For 49 years. And then in that last cycle, the seventh of the seven cycles, you have Shemitah in year 49. And then in year 50, you have something called Yovel. Yovel. Right? Yovel. And what is the climax of that entire process of the seven of seven and, and the Yovel? What do we do in Yerushalayim? We do something called Hakel. Right? All of Amisha, men, women, children, are all expected to come together to Yerushalayim, to the base of Medosh, and we gather as a nation right, in Yerushalayim. Why? So take a look at source number six. This is a Kliyakar by the Mitzvah of Hakel. And he says like this, This is the reason for Hakel, he says. Elu, but Yom Rishon Shachak, right? We know that we pick up the Alaminim on Sukkot. Tziva Hashem Lasos, Od Roshem, Domalazem, Yikesh Shavashem. We do something else similar at the end of the seven year, seven, seven year cycle. Kishnasa Shmita Goreim Gamken, Hahakel Vihashalom. The goal of Shmita and then Hakel is to create Shalom between Am Yisrael. Aydei Shalom Yizarev Eliyat Simiachko, because we don't plant and we don't, nothing grows. What happens during Shemitah? This is another approach to the reason for Shemitah. What happens during Shemitah? All of a sudden, my land isn't my land and your land isn't your land. My land belongs to you, your land belongs to me, and it belongs to everyone who has no land. And all of a sudden, all the, the barriers that exist in society between the haves and the have-nots, or the have-more and the have-less, somehow go away, right? They don't exist anymore. And everyone's, whatever belongs to me belongs to you, whatever belongs to you belongs to me. We all share it for a whole year. And no longer am I the boss, I, I, I own and you don't own, and if you need, I have to give to you and you have to take from me and it's uncomfortable, it all goes away. And says that's the reason for shalom in general, in the world. He says, the reason for all fighting in the world, the reason for all fighting in the world is, I don't want you to have what I have. I have mine and I don't want you to have it. Maybe that's something physical, whether that's something emotional, right? the feeling of, that's mine, stay, back off. It may mean that's my kavod, it might mean that's my... Aunt, whatever it is, right? But I, I want, I want, and I, and I don't want you to have what I have. And there's so much of the fighting that goes on in the world is because of that struggle. So what happens during Shemitah, that all goes away. So he argues, does the Kliyakar, that the real reason for Shemitah is Achtos. The real reason for Shemitah is it allows Jews to care about each other and to see each other as equals. And when, because when we all don't have anything, all of a sudden we're all the same, and then it's, it's the greatest equalizer in the world.
right? Unfortunately, we find that in tragedy, right? We find it in, right? Whatever, name your, name your time of subjugation of the Jewish people. Nobody cared how rich you were or how poor you were. It didn't matter. You were a Jew, I'm a Jew, and you're a Jew, and we're in the same boat, and it didn't matter anymore. And all of a sudden, we're all the same. Nobody cares anymore. It doesn't make a difference. So says the Kliyaka, that's the point. And that's why the seven cycles of Shemitah end with, the, 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 with Yovel, which, which, by the way, also Yovel is what? All the slaves go free? I'm not, I, I'm not in charge of you. Right? You're, you, you, won't, you don't work for me anymore. You go free. You're equal. You're, you're free just like I'm free. And it, and it culminates in Hakel, where all of Amish all gathers together physically. Where? In Yerushalayim. Why is Yushalayim the place for Hakel? Because Yushalayim does the same exact thing. Source number seven. I'm so excited when you tell me, let's go to, let's go to the Beis Hashem. We stood there, right? we were, we, our, our legs were there, right? At the gates of Yushalayim. Yushalayim ha-benunia, ki'ir shechubra la-yachdav. Right? What is Yushalayim? Yushalayim is the place that we are Mikhubar, right? We become connected to each other, right? And the Malbim has a whole beautiful pshat on this, on this, uh, on this parak in Tehillim. He explains the entire thing. Right? Ask about the, the, the piece, the piece of Yishalayim. Ask how Yishalayim doing, right? Um, so look at look at the, the Malbim. Just look at the bottom part. Where it's source number, where it's uh, the letter Vav there. He says, "Shalu achar shebiir shushalim hiyamamedes chibur hagviyah klalit vachdusa." Right, Yushalayim is the akiir shuchubra layachdav, the place where Ami shall come together. Shasham alu shifte kats where Ami shall comes together. What is he right? For Omer, kamosh im tishal shlom hagviyah ishiyit nashiv lo. Sheshlomat lu talui im haivarim haivarim vakochos shebegviyah mikusharim. If you want to ask someone if their body is doing okay, what's the answer? Well, it depends. My body's working. All the parts of my body working together in tandem. Right? Do they work together? If they don't work together, then that's when a person dies. You want to know how Am Yisrael is doing? Ask. Are they asking about each other? If the people are asking about each other, then Yerushalayim is going to do well. If Yerushalayim, which is, right, we call it the Lev Yerushalayim, or Yerushalayim is the Lev, it's the heart of Am Yisrael. If Yerushalayim is doing well, how do you know, then everything else is doing well. How is Yerushalayim doing well? If they're, if they're those who love me, if those who love Yerushalayim are loving each other, then we're going to do okay. Because Yushalayim, the main piece of it is the nation coming together. If there's going to be fighting between the, between the different parts of it. Right? If it's it's a place where people get along with each other, then things will go well in, in Yushalayim. Then things are going well in Am Yisrael. And in fact, the, 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 the Medrash and Beishish Rabbah says that they actually the, the name of, this, of the city, Yerushalayim, is actually itself a 
exercise in compromise. How is that? Says the Medrash. Avram Karo so He said about the, the mountain. What did he say? Behar Hashem That's what Avram said. So he called that mountain Yerah. Okay. Um, however, Shame called it Shalem. Umachi Tzedek Melach Shalem. Right. So what are you gonna do? Avram called it Yerah. Malchit Tzedek called it, or Shame called it Shalem. So what did Hashem do? Which what should I do? He says, "Im Amar Kol Shvachu Im Kari Ani Yoto Yirae Kesheim Shekarosa Avraham Shame Adam Tzadik Misraim is to make shame feel bad. V'im Kari Ani Yoto Shalem Avraham Adam Tzadik Misraim. If I call it just Shalem, then I'm going to feel bad. So what did I do? Ela Harini Kari Yoto Yiru Shalem Yiru Shalem Kamosha Karu Shneihem Yirae Shalem Yiru Shalem. Now Kol Shvachu actually took the place itself. And the way he named it was by naming it a compromise. He brought them together. The Yerushalayim becomes a place where Amir Yisrael gets together. I don't know if you saw that video yesterday. You see that video from last night at the Kotel? Two nights ago at the Kotel? It's an amazing video of uh, I don't know how many hundreds of people who just were sitting and singing Yachinu at the Kotel. It was um, amazing. It was amazing to see. Um, and there are a lot of different colored shirts and different colored yarmulkes um, in, that, in that video. And... Um, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's who we are in the end. All the other stuff is nonsense, right? And what happens is all of a sudden, things like this happen and we forget about everything else because it doesn't matter. Um, and unfortunately, it takes things like this to remind us that all the other stuff doesn't matter. But at least, let's, let's, without being cynical, at least we recognize it when these things happen and, we, and some of us can turn around and say, you know what, all the other stuff doesn't matter. Let's just give a hug and sing, and sing together. Um, I'll tell you, even today in Yeshiva in NYU, uh, we're not supposed to sing in the base measures. It's still part of the COVID rules. They had a thing together for the guys. Like the guys have been in Yeshiva the whole the whole year. You know, through the difficult it's a difficult time to be together. So we had a, a, something in the base measures to get everyone together just to like say thank you. Basically, it was, it was planned already two weeks ago. Just say thank you to the guys for they did such a great job. You know, they're about to leave leave for the year, and uh, and sort of spontaneously, everyone just started to sing. And uh, that's what everyone needed to do, just to sing. We sang for a few minutes. Everyone just sang together. We're not even supposed to, like, it's against the rules. And they just did it because it just, I think that's what everyone needs to do. Everyone just needs to kind of, like, be together and sing together. We're just a nation that needs to come together. And I think that's what, that's what, that's all thing we can do right now, I think. Um, and this is what Shemitah is all about. Yom Yishalayim is going to be in a week. That's what Yom Yishalayim is. That's what is all about. And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like I said to you, I don't have any other uh, words of inspiration. But, I, but I, I do think that the sense that we just need to be together as an Am, we need to be together in Yerushalayim, to be honest. Um, and that we need to, to feel for each other. I think that's the best that we can do right now. So, Hashem, we should continue to be together and to spend time with each other and to feel together and to unite with each other. And uh, over time, hopefully, we'll see, uh, we'll see better times.